0: Act 2 of Every Man in His Humor by Ben Johnson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information and to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act 2. Scene 1. The Old Jury. A hall in Kiteley's house. Enter Kitely, cash, and downright.
1: Thomas, come hither. there. There lies a note within upon my desk. Here, take my key it is no matter neither where is the boy
2: within sir in the warehouse
1: let him tell over straight that spanish gold and weigh it with the pieces of eight do you see the delivery of those silver stuffs to master lucar tell him if he will he shall have the grogans at the rate i told him and i will meet him on the exchange anon good sir exit do you see that fellow brother downright
3: ay what of him
1: he is a jewel, brother. I took him of a child at but my door, and christened him, gave him mine own name, Thomas, since bred him at the hospital. well, proving a toad imp, I called him home, and taught him so much as I have made him my cashier, and given him, who had none, a surname, Cash, and find him in this place so full of fates that I durst trust my life into his hands.
3: "'So would not I in any bastard's brother, as it is like he is.' although i knew myself his father but you said you had somewhat to tell me gentle brother What ist? What ist?
1: Faith, i am very loath to utter it as fearing it may hurt your patience but that i know your judgment is of strength against the nearness of affection
3: what need this circumstance pray you be direct
1: i will not say how much i do ascribe unto your friendship nor in what regard i hold your love but let my past behaviour and usage of your sister both confirm how well i have been affected to your-you
3: were too tedious come to the matter the matter
1: then without further ceremony thus my brother well-bred sir i know not how of late is much declined in what he was and greatly altered in his disposition when he came first to lodge here in my house ne'er trust me if i were not proud of him Methought thought he bare himself in such a fashion so full of man and sweetness in his carriage and what was chief he should not borrowed in him but all he did became him as his own and seemed as perfect proper and possessed as breath with life or colour with the blood but now his course is so irregular so loose affected and deprived of grace and he himself withal so far fallen off from that first place as scarce no note remains tell men's judgments where he lately stood he has grown a stranger to all due respect forgetful of his friends and not content to stale himself in all societies he makes my house here common as a mart a theater a public receptacle for giddy humor and deceased riot and here as in a tavern or a stews he and his wild associates spend their hours in repetition of lascivious jests swear leap drink dance and revel night by night control my servants and indeed what not steins i
3: know not what i should say to him in the whole world he values me at a cracked three farthings for aught i see it will never out of the flesh that's bred in the bone i have told him enough one would think if that would serve but counsel to him is as good as a shoulder of button to a sick horse well he knows what to trust to for george let him spend and spend and domineer till his heart ache and he think to be relieved by me when he has got into one his city bounds the counters, he has the wrong sow by the ear he faith and claps his dish at the wrong man's door I'll lay my hand on my halfpenny ere I part with it to fetch him out. I'll assure him,
1: nay, hey, good brother,' let it not trouble you thus.
3: stiffth he mads me. I could eat my very spur leathers for anger, but why are you so tame? Why do you not speak to him and tell him how he disquiets your house?
1: oh there are divers reasons to dissuade me but would yourself vouchsafe to travail in it though but with plain and easy circumstance it would both come much better to his sense and savour less of stomach or of passion you are his elder brother and that title both gives and warrants your authority which by your presence seconded must breed a kind of duty in him and regard whereas if i should intimate the least it would but add contempt to his neglect heap worse on ill make up a pile of hatred that in the rearing would come tottering down in the ruin bury all our love nay more than this brother if i should speak he would be ready from his heat of humour and overflowing of the vapour in him to blow the ears of his familiars with the false breath of telling what disgraces and low disparagements i had put upon him whilst they sir to relieve him in the fable make their loose comments upon every word gesture or look i use mock me all over from my flat cap unto my shining shoes and out of their impetuous rioting fantasies beget some slander that shall dwell with me and what would that be think you marry this they would give out because my wife is fair myself but lately married and my sister here sojourning a virgin in my house that i were jealous i nay as sure as death that they would say and how that i had quarrelled my brother purposely thereby to find an apt pretext to banish them from my house
3: must perhaps so they like enough to do it
1: brother they would believe it so should i like one of these penurious quick but set the bills up to mine own disgrace and try experiments upon myself lend scorn and envy opportunity to stab my reputation in good name
0: enter master matthew struggling with bobadil
4: i will speak to him
0: speak to him away by the foot of pharaoh you shall not you shall not
3: do him that grace the time of day to you gentlemen of the house is master well-bred stirring Oh, then what should he do
1: gentlemen of the house it is to you is he within sir he came not to his lodging to-night sir i assure you
3: why do you hear you
1: the gentleman citizen hath satisfied me. I'll talk to no
3: scavenger.
0: Exeunt Bobadil and Matthew. Ho,
3: oh, scavenger! Stay, sir! Stay!
1: Nay, brother, downright.
3: Hurt! Stand you away, so you love me.
1: You shall not follow him now, I pray you, brother. Good faith, you shall not. I will overrule you.
3: Ha, ah, scavenger! Well, go to. I say little, but by this good day, God forgive me, I should swear, if I put up so, say I am the rankest cow that ever pissed. Stains, and I swallow this, I'll ne'er draw my sword in the sight of Fleet Street again while I live. I'll sit in a barn with Madge Howlett and catch mice first. Scavenger! hurt and i'll go near to fill up that huge tumble-stop of yours with somewhat and i have good luck your gargantua breech cannot carry it away so
1: oh do not fret yourself thus never think on it
3: these are my brother's consorts these these are his camarades his walking mates he's a gallant caballero too right hangman cut let me not live and i could not find it in my heart to swinge the whole gang of em one after another and begin with him first i am grieved it should be said he is my brother and take these courses well as he brews so shall he drink for george again yet he shall hear on't and that tightly too and i live he faith
1: but brother let your reprehension then run in an easy current, not o'er high-carried with rashness or devouring choler, but rather use the soft persuading way, whose powers will work more gently, and compose the imperfect thoughts you labour to reclaim, more winning than enforcing the consent.
3: Aye, aye, let me alone for that, I warrant you.
0: How now? Bell rings.
1: Oh, the bell rings to breakfast. Brother, I pray you go in, and bear my wife— company till i come i'll but give order for some dispatch of business to my servants
0: exit downright enter cob with his tankard
1: what cob our maids will have you by the back if faith for coming so late this morning
3: perhaps so sir take heed somebody have not them by the belly for walking so late in the evening
0: exit
1: well yet my troubled spirits somewhat eased though not reposed in that security as i could wish but i must be content however i set a face on to the world would i had lost this finger at a venture so well bred had ne'er lodged within my house why it cannot be where there is such resort of wanton gallants and young revelers that any woman should be honest long is it like that factious beauty will preserve the public wheel of chastity unshaken when such strong motives muster and make head against her single piece no no beware when mutual appetite doth meet to treat and spirits of one kind and quality come once to parley in the pride of blood it is no slow conspiracy that follows well to be plain if i but thought the time had answered their affections all the world should not persuade me but i were cuckold mary i hope they have not got that start for opportunity hath balked them yet and shall do still while i have eyes and ears to attend the impositions of my heart my presence shall be as an iron bar twixt the conspiring motions of desire yea every look or glance mine eye ejects shall check occasion as one doth his slave when he forgets the limits of prescription
0: enter dame kiley and bridget sister bridget pray you fetch down the rose-water above in the closet Exit, Bridget. Sweetheart, will you come in to breakfast?
1: And she have overheard me now.
0: I pray thee, Goodmuss, we stay for you.
1: By heaven, I would not for a thousand angels.
0: What ail you, sweetheart? Are you not well? Speak, Goodmuss.
1: Troth, my head aches extremely on a sudden.
0: Dame Kightley, putting her hand to his forehead. Oh, the Lord!
1: How now? What?
0: Alas, how it burns! Must keep you warm. Good truth it is, this new disease. There's a number a-troubled withal. For love's sake, sweetheart, come in out of the air.
1: How simple and how subtle are her answers. A new disease, and many troubled with it. Why, true, she heard me all the world to nothing.
0: I pray thee, good sweetheart, come in. The air will do you harm in troth.
1: The air, she has me in the wind. Sweetheart, I'll come to you presently. Twill away I hope
0: pray heaven it do exit
1: a new disease i know not new or old but it may well be called poor mortal's plague for like a pestilence it doth infect the houses of the brain first it begins solely to work upon the phantasy filling her seat with such pestiferous air as soon corrupts the judgment and from thence sends like contagion to the memory still each to other giving the infection which as a subtle vapor spreads itself confusedly through every sensitive part till not a thought or motion in the mind be free from the black poison of suspect ah but what misery is it to know this or knowing it to want the mind's erection in such extremes well i will once more strive in spite of this black cloud myself to be and shake the fever off that thus shakes me
0: exit scene two Morefields fields and brainworm disguised like a maimed soldier.
5: Slide, I cannot choose but laugh to see myself translated thus, from a poor creature to a creator. For now must I create an intolerable sort of lies, or my present profession loses the grace, and yet the lie, to a man of my coat, is as ominous a fruit as the Fico. O oh, sir! it holds for good polity ever to have that outwardly in vilest estimation that inwardly is the most dear to us so much for my borrowed shape well the troth is my old master intends to follow my young master dryfoot over the moorfields to london this morning now i knowing of this hunting match or rather conspiracy and to insinuate with my young master for so must be that our blue waiters and men of hope and service do or perhaps we may wear motley at the year's end and who wears motley you know have got me afore in this disguise determining here to lie in ambuscado, and intercept him in the midway, if I can but get his cloak, his purse, and his hat, nay, anything to cut him off, that is, to stay his journey, vini, viti, visi, I may say with Captain Caesar, I am made forever, I in faith, well, now I must practice to get the true garb of one of these lance knights, my arm here, and my old doso my young master and his cousin master stephen as i am true counterfeit man of war and no soldier
0: enter edward noble and stephen so sir and
6: how then cuz
0: swut i have lost my purse i
4: think
6: how lost your purse where when had you it
4: i cannot tell stay
5: slide i'm afraid they will know me would i could i get by them what have you it
4: no i think i was bewitched i christ
6: nay do not weep the loss hang it let it go
4: oh it's here no and it had been lost i had not cared but for a jet ring mistress mary sent me
6: a jet ring oh the poesy the the poesy
4: finey faith though fancy sleep my love is deep meaning that though i did not fancy her yet she loved me dearly
6: most excellent
4: and then i sent her another and my poesy was the deeper the sweeter i'll be judged by saint peter
6: how by saint peter i do not conceive that
4: mary saint peter is to make up the mirror.
6: well there the saint was your good patron he helped you at your need thank him thank him
5: i cannot take leave on him so i will venture come what will
0: comes forward
5: gentlemen please you change a few crowns for a very excellent blade here i am a poor gentleman a soldier one that in the better state of my fortunes scorned so mean a refuge but now it is the humour of necessity to have it so you seem to be gentlemen well affected to martial men else i should rather die with silence than live with shame however vouchsafe to remember it is my want speaks not myself. This condition agrees not with my spirit.
6: Where hast thou served?
5: May it please you, sir, in all the late wars of Bohemia, Hungary, De La Mata, Poland. Where not, sir? I have been a poor servitor by sea and land any time this fourteen years, and followed the fortunes of the best commanders of Christendom. I was twice shot at the taking of Alapa once in the relief of Vienna. I have been at Marseilles, Naples, and the Adriatic Gulf, a gentleman's slave in the galleys, thrice, where I was most dangerously shot in the head, through both the thighs, and yet, being thus maimed, I am void of maintenance, nothing left me but my scars, the noted marks of my resolution.
4: How will you sell this rapier, friend?'
5: generous sir i refer it to your own judgment you are a gentleman give me what you please
4: true i am a gentleman i know that friend but what though i pray you say what would you ask
5: i assure you the blade may become the side or thigh of the best prince of europe
6: ay with a velvet scabbard i think
4: nay an't be mine it shall have a velvet scabbard cause that's flat i'd not wear it as it is and you would give me an angel
5: at your worship's pleasure sir nay tis a more pure toledo
4: i had rather it were a spaniard but tell me what shall i give you for it and it had a silver hilt
6: come come you shall not buy it Hold! there's a shilling fellow take thy rapier
4: why but i will buy it now because you say so and there's another shilling fellow i scorn to be outbidden what shall i walk with a cudgel like Iggy bottom and may have a rapier for money
6: you may buy one in the city
4: tut i'll buy this in the field so i will I have a mind to it, because tis a field rapier. Tell me your lowest price.
6: You shall not buy it, I say.
4: Buy this money, but I will, though I give more than tis worth.
6: Come away, you are a fool.
4: Friend, I am a fool, that's granted. But I'll have it for that word's sake. Follow me for your money.
5: At your service, sir.
0: Exeunt. Scene three. Another part of Moorfields. Enter Novell.
2: I cannot lose the thought yet of this letter sent to my son, nor leave to admire the change of manners and the breeding of our youth within the kingdom, since myself was one. When I was young, he lived not in the stews, dost have conceived a scorn and uttered it on a grey head. Age was authority against a buffoon. And a man had then a certain reverence paid unto his years that had none due unto his life so much the sanctity of some prevailed for others but now we all are fallen youth from their fear and age from that which bred it good example nay would ourselves were not the first even parents that did destroy the hopes in our own children or they not learned our vices in their cradles and sucked in our ill customs with their milk. Ere all their teeth be born, or they can speak, we make their palates cunning. The first words we form their tongues with are licentious jests. Can it call whore? Cry bastard? Oh, then kiss it! A witty child! Don't swear! The father's darling! Give it two plums! Nay! Rather than it shall learn nobody's song, the mother herself will teach it. But this is in the infancy, the days of the long coat. When it puts on the breeches, it will put off all this. Aye, it is like when it is gone into the bone already. No, no, this dye goes deeper than the coat or shirt or skin. It stains into the liver, the heart and some. And rather than it should not, Note what we fathers do. Look how we live. What mistresses we keep. At what expense in our sons' eyes, where they may handle our gifts, hear our lascivious courtships, see our dalliance, taste of the same provoking meats with us, to ruin of our states. Nay, when our own portion is fled, to prey on the remainder, we call them into fellowship of vice. "'bade him with the young chambermaid "'to seal and teach all bad ways to buy affliction. "'This is one path, "'but there are millions more "'in which we spoil our own with leading them. "'Well, I thank heaven. "'I never yet was he that traveled with my son "'before sixteen to show him the Venetian courtesans, "'nor read the grammar of cheating I had made "'to my sharp boy at twelve, "'repeating still the rule, "'Get money.' Still, get money, boy. No matter by what means, money will do more, boy, than my lord's letter. Neither have I dressed snails or mushrooms curiously before him, perfumed my sauces, and taught him how to make them. Proceeding still with my grey gluttony at all the ordinaries, and only feared his palate should degenerate, not his manners. These are the trade of fathers now. However, my son, I hope... HATH MET WITHIN MY THRESHOLD NONE OF THESE HOUSEHOLD PRECEDENTS, WHICH ARE STRONG AND SWIFT TO RAPE YOUTH TO THEIR PRECIPICE. BUT LET THE HOUSE AT HOME BE ne'er SO CLEAN SWEPT, OR KEPT SWEPT FROM FILTH, NAY, DUST AND COBWEBS, IF HE WILL LIVE ABROAD WITH HIS COMPANIONS IN DUNG AND lystals, IT IS WORTH A FEAR. NOR IS THE DANGER OF CONVERSING LESS THAN ALL THAT I HAVE MENTIONED OF EXAMPLE.
0: AND A BRAINWORM DISGUISED AS BEFORE, aside
5: my master nay faith have at you i am flushed now i have sped so well worshipful sir i beseech you respect the estate of a poor soldier i am ashamed of these base course of life god's my comfort but extremity provokes me to it what remedy
2: i have not for you now
5: By the faith I bear unto truth, gentlemen. It is no ordinary custom in me, but only to preserve manhood. I protest to you, a man I have been, a man I may be, by your sweet bounty.
2: Pray thee, good friend, be satisfied.
5: Good sir, by that hand you may do the part of a kind gentleman in lending a poor soldier the price of two cans of beer, a matter of small value. The King of Heaven shall pay you, and I shall rest thankful, sweet worship.
2: Nay, and you be so importunate.
5: O tender sir, need will have its course. I was not made to this vile use. Well, the edge of the enemy could not have abated me so much. It's hard when a man has served in his prince's cause, and be thus. Weeps. Honorable worship, let me derive a small piece of silver from you it shall not be given in the course of time by this good ground i was fain to pawn my rapier last night for a poor supper i had sucked its hilt long before i am a pagan else sweet honour
2: believe me i am taken with some wonder to think a fellow of thy outward presence should in the frame and fashion of his mind be so degenerate and sordid base art thou a man and shames thou not to beg, To practice such a servile kind of life? Why were thy education near so mean, Having thy limbs a thousand fairer courses Offer themselves to thy election? Either the wards might still supply thy wants, Or service of some virtuous gentleman, Or honest labor? Nay, what can I name But would become thee better than to beg? But men of thy condition feed on sloth, as cloth the beetle on the dung she breeds in, nor caring how the metal of your minds is eaten with a rust of idleness. Now, afore me, whate'er he be, that should relieve a person of thy quality. While thou insist in this loose, desperate course, I would esteem the sin not thine, but his.
5: Faith, sir, I would gladly find some other course, if so.
2: Aye, you'll gladly find it, but you will
5: not seek it. Alas, sir, where should a man seek? In the wars? There's no assent by desert in these days. But, and for service, would it were as soon purchased, as wished for. The air's my comfort. Sighs. Know what I would say.
2: What's thy name?
5: Please you, Fitzward, sir.
2: Fitzword. Say that a man should entertain thee now. Wouldst thou be honest, humble, just, and true?
5: Sir, by the place and honor of a soldier.
2: Nay, nay, I like not these affected oaths. Speak plainly, man. What thinkest thou of my words?
5: Nothing, sir, but wish my fortunes were as happy as my service should be honest.
2: Well, follow me. I'll prove thee if thy deeds will carry a proportion to thy words.
0: Exit.
5: Yes, sir, straight i'll but garter my hose oh that my belly were hooped now for i am ready to burst with laughing never was bottle or bagpipe fuller sly was there ever seen a fox in years to betray himself thus now shall i be possessed of all his counsels and by thy conduit my young master well He is resolved to prove my honesty, faith, and I am resolved to prove his patience. Oh, I shall abuse him intolerably. This small piece of service will bring him clean out of love with the soldier forever. He will never come within sight of it, the sight of a Cossack, or a musket-rest again. He will hate the musters at mile-end for it, to his dying day. It's no matter. Let the world think me a bad counterfeit. If I cannot give him the slip at an instant, why, this is better than have stayed his journey. Well, I'll follow him. Oh, how I long to be employed.
0: EXIT End of Act Two